Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the World Series of Politics podcast, where two heavy hitters in the political, legislative, and regulatory space take swings at the curveballs thrown at the gaming sector by legislators and regulators around the world for IGV. We've got Brendan Bussman and Grant Iden stepping up to the plate to discuss the hot topics in this space from across the world. Let's play ball on another episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to another World Series of Politics podcast. I'm your host, Brent Iden, along with my fellow Cape Crusader and partner in crime, Brendan Bussman, uh, looking like he's coming to us live from his uh, home in Vegas today, which is rare for Brendan to, when we get an opportunity to get him where he's not traveling on the road. So, uh, and man, we have got just a great show lined up today. We promised at the beginning of the year that we were going to bring on nothing but the best in terms of our guests. And today we've exceeded beyond that. I mean, we, we've got an awesome guest. Brendan, who do we have on the show? And let's jump right in. Well, well, Brent, yes, first and foremost, I, I am in Vegas today. Uh, and uh, it I just got back in uh, last night from testifying on a bill earlier this week uh, in one of those flyover states that I might be from um along the way but i uh have the privilege uh of introducing my congresswoman uh representative dina titus who i have known for uh way too long uh when i first got introduced to you i think it was probably through george and sam and working on some other issues outside of gaming but this is a gaming podcast but well first and foremost welcome to the the world series of politics well, thank you for having me. It's very nice to see you. Don't make us sound so old now when you talk about <laughs> our longtime friendship. Well, you know, I, uh, I, we, we, we started off at a very young age. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll That's go with right. that. I, I just was always thankful. I was telling Brant this earlier this morning when we were talking about this. I said, I'm just thankful I didn't go to UNLV and have you as one of my poli sci professors. So well, I still run into a lot of my students and I always ask them if they learned anything. If they don't say yes, I can go back and change that grade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's I, I always heard from people that took your class that you were one of the uh, the uh, the toughest classes they had, but they always enjoyed it because they learned something out of it. But I remember you telling me that very early on that you'd follow up with people and be like, OK, well, you thought you got an A. We're going to change that a little bit along the way. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that come up in gaming. And obviously you have been, you know, a stalwart for the industry here in Nevada and at the federal level. But maybe talk a little bit for those people that don't know, you know, you as co-chair of the Gaming Caucus. What does that involve and, 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 and you know, what issues come up before the caucus? Well, as, as you certainly know, gaming is like our automobile factory, our tobacco fields, our oil fields. It is the kind of the heart of our economy. And the ancillary businesses that are related to tourism certainly uh, work together with the whole gaming issue. Now, gaming is a complicated thing. As you all know, you talk about it all the time. It's a lot of regulation, a lot of statistics, a lot of sociology. Uh, but many people in Congress don't know much about it. It doesn't consume their economy like it does, say, in Nevada. So they may have a little casino here or a little horse race in there, but they don't know the whole picture. So we founded the Gaming Caucus, and it's bipartisan. 
uh, big states, little states, Indian gaming, uh, regular commercial gaming, uh, to help to educate our fellow legislators. And when they have an issue that comes up in their state, they often come to us. So we're first and foremost an educating body. Uh, secondarily, we can advocate for issues like we do some. And third, we play defense. You know, even though gaming is in every state except Utah and Hawaii, uh, it still has a certain stigma attached to it. You have to watch to be sure it doesn't creep in to some other bills in a negative way. Well, that's that's exactly right. And, and you know, I love that word that you mentioned, Congresswoman. It's great to hear about these bipartisan caucuses because we know that that, you know, things are a bit contentious in Congress these days with with different things happening, uh, you know, both locally and globally. And it's great that that you can bring your colleagues together and really work on behalf of the entire industry. So, you, you know, first and foremost, let me say thank you for that and your leadership there. But then as a follow up question to that, what do you see being, you know, in the next two or three years for Vegas, you know, sort of in the short term? We've obviously had tremendous growth in the gaming industry. It, it's, it, you know, Vegas is doing very well right now. When you talk to your other colleagues about growth in the industry, what are you sort of seeing and, and what do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years, you know, as it, as it relates to both, you know, sort of retail and land-based growth as well as maybe mobile growth? Any thoughts there? Yes, you know, Las Vegas was the hardest hit area in the country during COVID. You can imagine seeing the strip shut down. It was like a ghost town. But after COVID kind of lifted and got manageable, people were so anxious to go out that we're better to go out and have a good time than to come to Las Vegas. So we've made an amazing recovery with kind of the traditional gaming. But uh, there are all sorts of areas where it's expanded. Sports betting is now in some 30 states. Uh, I think it's, well, you can look up the exact number, 27 or something, but it's really proliferated. Uh, so that's an area where there are new challenges. You've also got the apps like FanDuel, which are gaming but not gaming. And some new apps along those lines, which uh, will expand that even further to pretend to be gaming, but not pretend to be gaming. And how do they fit in the whole scheme of things? And then you've got these esports. That's gaming, too. You know, people play in uh, th this computer gaming, which is beyond me. I'm kind of low tech. But that's another place where the industry is expanding. And during all of this, Las Vegas has really maintained the gold standard when it comes to regulation. And so a lot of places look to us for that kind of uh, guidance. You know, one of the things, Congresswoman, you brought up that I know you have championed for a long time while you've been uh, in Washington, which is uh, this little thing called an excise tax yeah. um, and and trying to eliminate that. Maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you got started on that and how, you know, even I remember in the early days, you asked the IRS, well, where's the money and how much is there? And they didn't have an answer. <laughs> Well, that's exactly right. When Las, when Nevada was about the only place where you can do legal sports betting, they imposed a handles tax, they call it, on the handle of the sports bet, but uh, it is an excise tax, and it was 0.25% on every handle, every bet that was cast, and it was $50 per employee in any kind of sports betting operation. But 
Nevada paid almost all of that because no place else had sports betting. The original intent was for it to be used to go after illegal sports betting sites. And, and that makes good sense because illegal sports betting doesn't have to follow any rules. They can offer better odds and they are unregulated and consumers don't have any protection. So let's go after them. Over time, though, that quit being an issue and the money just got put in the general fund. And so I was looking at a way that if we're going to pay a handles tax, pay it to the state. At least we'd get some benefit out of it. And so I asked the IRS, could you give me an accounting of where this money goes? But they couldn't find it. They didn't know it, just like you said, went into the general fund. And I thought, well, good grief, if they're not using it for this purpose, then let's just get rid of it. It's outdated. It's uh, not relevant. It causes problems. Uh, so why do we need to have it? Yeah, that's 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 it sums it up. Why do we need to have it if you're not using the money properly? Uh, speaking of, I, I want to highlight that, though, you mentioned this, Congressman, which I think is important. This these, you know, these offshore illegal gambling companies that are still, you know, popping up, of course, around you know, throughout Nevada and other states around the country now. You know, I mean, do you think that this is something that that in the foreseeable future, you know, the the, the, the federal government is going to tackle at any point in time? Or, you know, in your opinion, from what you've seen, is this just kind of something that just unfortunately for the industry just doesn't take priority over other issues? Well, it does take priority because a lot of money is spent with illegal booking folks, right. uh, these offshore companies that you say. And they, like I said, they can give better odds because they're not regulated. But on the other hand, if they don't pay off, what are you going to do? The customer is right. not protected at all. So I think a big part of it is educating the public that you're risking your money, really risking it if you go with an offshore uh, illegal booking uh, a gaming company, go with those that are regulated. Now, in the one area that I think that the federal government should play an increased role is going after those illegal bookmakers. But, you know, they're hard to find. They're, right. they're not here. They're outside our jurisdiction. So it really is a challenge. For many years, gaming just played defense. They didn't want the federal government involved. They wanted it to be a state issue. That way they didn't have all the federal regulation or the possibility of federal taxes. I still support that main uh, concept, but except for the area of illegal gaming. Well, and I think, Congressman, you, you hit on that a lot. And, and obviously, you know, one of the things that continues, you talked about, you know, earlier in our conversation here about the number of states that have sports betting and these sites do pop up all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to and using some of those tax dollars off that excise tax to be able to to go after these guys and, and give DOJ and some of these other, you know, federal agencies, the tools to do that. What, what, how best can we help with that in that effort? Well, we try to make it a priority. We've written letters. The AGA has made it a priority. We do public outreach. All the gaming companies do that to educate the public about what the dangers are. Um, you know, sometimes maybe with the Department of Justice, it's just not at the top of the list. Right now, they're pretty busy investigating a lot of the things that the Republicans are involved in. So this has kind of slipped down. And it goes back to that stigma of gaming, you know, uh, 
is this something we really should be too worried about? Because it's gaming is about taking a risk. So that's one of the things that the caucus can do is to emphasize the importance of going after gaming, whether it's legitimate companies doing outreach, whether it's the D Department of Justice doing legal pursuits, or whether it's just a mechanism like doing away with the handles tax that doesn't put those companies at a disadvantage so they can offer comparable odds. That's that that's that's great. That yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, pivoting just uh, to to a current piece of legislation, I know you've made some public statements about this, and, and wanted to get some of your thoughts. Uh, obviously, Senator Blumenthal has introduced a bill, uh, which is the acronym is is the GRIT Act. Uh, it's an alcohol and recovery treatment act, is, is what they're labeling this. I know that there's been some concerns around the bill. I know that it didn't sound like you had been consulted on this, or that the caucus had been spoken to. Wanted to get some of your thoughts. Well, that's exactly right. Neither of the sponsors is a member of the gaming caucus. So they aren't really up to date or haven't bothered to talk to some of us who are about the consequences of this. Now, going after problem gaming, like any addiction, is a good thing. It sounds like a good thing to do, and I certainly support that. But the industry also supports it. Uh, just about every state that has enacted any kind of gaming provision has included in it appropriation of funding to help problem gaming. Uh, you have education issues, you have uh, conferences on this topic. In fact, there is a gaming, a problem gaming month set aside that we always do a resolution in Congress with me and the co-chair recognizing this and their programs around it sponsored by the AGA to get the word out. So it's not that I don't want to help people with problem gaming. It's just I don't think this is the way to go. You are taking money from something that wasn't intended for this. There's a lot of money out there in different social and medical programs to help problem gaming. And it's also, like I said, redundant. Every just about every state uh, sets aside some money to do this. Oh, and, and one other thing, a couple of places like Massachusetts and D.C., I believe, have said, well, we got this money. We don't know what to do with it. You know, it take, it's going to take more of a concerted effort than sticking up a billboard that says don't gamble if it's a problem. Well, Congresswoman, I, I you couldn't have hit it better. And I, I know in following, uh, you know, the, the articles over that, I, I had to chuckle because there was one of the uh, one one of these lobbyists out there that said you were short sighted on this issue, and I was like, "That's not something you're ever going to hear." In the words of uh, Dina Titus, was short sighted. So I chuckled over that. But you know, as we close out uh, our podcast today, what other issues you know do you see coming up federally that the industry really needs to keep an eye on that really need to stay out of as you've talked about those issues and we need to fight the, the the illegal stuff and stay away from that other stuff what other issues do you see coming before congress that you are watching out for and, and protecting from a gaming caucus perspective well one thing that i've been looking at and there's a growing interest in it has to do with the fact that las vegas has become such a sports capital now now we, we didn't used to have any professional sports now we've got f1 we're getting the super bowl we got raiders with the allegiant stadium we got the fabulous aces who won the championship women's basketball so we really are uh, uh and that of course world fighting but we really are a sports center and on top of that so many states 
states are allowing sports betting. So what I, I did was I wrote to all the leagues to say, what's your internal sports betting policy? Because we want people to know if it's the NFL, NBA, NASCAR, you name it, all those leagues uh, and the NCAA to say, what's your what are your rules? If you find a player who's betting on a game or a coach who's betting on a game, uh, then you don't know if it's being thrown the game or if it's legitimate. So there's not a role for federal regulation now, but I have heard back from many of these leagues and some of them have changed their policy about what they can do to uh, assure that that's not going on within their own leagues. And I, I think that's a real step forward. An excellent step forward. And and there we have it. We are. Uh, well, what a great way to end. The Las Vegas Super Bowl is uh, uh, upon us. I'm looking forward to coming out. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful my Lions are going to be in it. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, this has been a great episode. Congresswoman, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Congresswoman Titus, the dean of the Nevada delegation, uh, the co-chair of the Nevada Gaming Caucus and the Gaming Caucus, and just oh, awesome to have you. Uh, thanks again for joining us on another episode of the World Series of Politics podcast with Brand Iden and Brandon Busman. Well, thank you. You're always welcome in my district. Thank you. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Iden. We'll be back on field very soon. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.